We are live here on the Blue Bloods Coach's Corner edition, man. And it is a good day for my co-host over here, my guy, Coach Fred, taking control of the SWAC West with a huge win over Southern, a dominant win, man. Coach, it was a good weekend, wasn't it? Good weekend, good beginning of the week. And as my boy Hannibal used to say, as we all watched growing up, I love it when a plan comes together. <laughs> man, I'll, I'll be I'll be honest, Coach. Uh, we talked about the game. I had you guys winning by double digits, but there was a time where it was like 40 to what, like 14 or something crazy like that. I was like, what is – I mean, it just, it just got out of hand, Coach. I know – listen, uh, first of all, Montario – Big game this weekend as well. But, Coach, you guys had the FCS National Defensive Player of the Week this week, had FCS stats perform, Gary Reason, Super Bowl champ, Super visit Bowl today. Champ. What was that experience like for you, man? And talk about your guy, man, National Player of the Week this week. Man, King was real big for us, man. Uh, but to speak on uh, Mr. Reason's coming to camp, um, coming to campus, knowing who he is and who he played along with, and him naming off, you know, Harry Carson, uh, you know, that giant defense, Bill Parcells, a young Bill Belichick, and Lawrence Taylor, and then our kids actually knowing who a couple of those people were was really cool. Uh, even though they may not have known who Mr. Reasons were, they knew the people that he played with. Um, he came out rocking a Super Bowl ring. Uh, it was a great, great, great deal, man. Uh, and, and King did nothing but, you know, he deserved it. He set the tone for the game early, and uh, and he just kept us going, man. Even when it fell into like a little lull, boom, I got y'all, 90-yard pick six. Let's get this thing going. You know, and it's like uh, the defense is saying the shades on in the club. You know, that's how we playing it. So I got my shades on representing our defense. You know, we're a defensive-minded team, and uh, those guys, you know, set the tone early, and offensively we just fell in behind them. Coach, I mean, we'll start with this game. No no better place to start. 31 unanswered points after that 7-0 start for Southern. And really and truly, Coach, I'll be honest. I was watching the game. Defense came out strong. The muff punt had me stressing there for a bit. As I was, I was sitting here, I was like, this is how Southern has won games throughout the season. Even when they don't play well, the other team makes those mistakes or Southern forces them into mistakes and it keeps them in the game. But I loved how you, I loved how your team never blinked. It was like, okay, we're down seven, nothing. It, now it's time to get back to work. Jarvion, 128 on the ground, coach. Aaron Allen, again, 263, three touchdowns. We talked about Leachman. Malachi Bailey, though, coach, six tackles, four and a half for loss, two and a half sacks. I think he remembered that people were sleeping on him for all swack in the preseason. Uh, that and uh, pregame got a little testy. And, uh, you know, he's one of those guys that's, uh, you know, a leader on the defense and the team. And he was like, okay, this, this is how we playing it. And it just kind of went from there. Uh, so, you know, it's one of those deals where the defense, again, just set the tone. And those guys up front after the muff punt, because like you said, you know, we had emphasized all week, man, that Southern's a good ball club. But a lot of games have been handed to them. And if we don't do that, Let's just see what happens. If we don't give them the ball, if we don't give them the game with silly turnovers and, and silly penalties, let's see what happens at the end. And um, after that, defense went out, 
had a chance to get off the field, end up giving up seven, you know, seven on that. We come back, we get three, and then the Keen show started, and it was just, you know, snowball behind that, man, and he just went from there. I mean, to hold – I know Southern's offense hasn't been good this year. We talked about that leading up to this game, even though you couldn't say much because it was your opponent. 263 total yards allowed for all Corman, another dominant performance, over 430 offensive yards for you guys. Man, I know it was, I know in the, I know it was a different tone in that offensive meeting room this week. But, Coach, I was told we did not do a good job of explaining the clinches scenarios last week for the SWAC West. Apparently, we left some details out because we were talking about what would happen if you guys didn't win out and things. Obviously, Alcorn wins the final two games. You guys are headed to Tallahassee to take on FAMU for the SWAC championship. Now, the other scenarios are, guys, because I, I had people really pissed that we didn't talk about it. <laughs> if Alcorn loses a game and PV wins out, PV goes to the SWAC championship. That's how PV can get in. If Alcorn loses both games, Southern needs to win out and Southern would go to the SWAC championship. Or if PV beat Southern, of course, they would go to the SWAT championship if Alcorn lost both games. But that's the scenarios, guys. Grambling yeah. virtually eliminated, losing to Alabama State this past weekend. So it's down to Southern, Alcorn, PV. Alcorn's the only team that um, is, is the only team that controls their own destiny. Southern needs a lot of help. Alcorn has to lose both games. I don't, I don't personally see that happening. And Alcorn can clinch the West this weekend with a Southern win over PV. Coach, should I hit it, hit all the points? Yes. Uh, so Saturday is going to be a big day um, for a lot of programs. Uh, mathematically, Gramlin still has – I don't know if I can get it that close. Mathematically, they still have an opportunity. Uh, Southern and PV both are still alive. Uh, so that game is really important, you know, for both programs. Uh, Southern wins that. And they're still alive. Southern drops that pretty much Katie by the door. Uh, PV wins. They're still alive. PV loses. Uh, we win Sunday. I'm back with my flask. I'm back with my cigar. Uh, with a hat. Again. Uh, we're doing it again on Monday with the East hat. No doubt. I mean, the West hat. We're doing it again on Monday. Uh, so it's still, you know, several teams mathematically but realistically, three teams. Yeah, I mean, what, Grambling would have to root for, what, like a four-way tie and then yeah. potentially have to – I don't even know if they would win the four-way tie. So – They would have to have all that happen, and then it would be a deal of where they would have to, at the end of the day, score – have more points uh, than us. And, you know, it, it would just be – the head to head with uh with Alabama State, it, it would just yeah. be a whole fucking chaos. scenario. Yeah, chaos yeah, is what yeah, that would be, yeah. guys. Pretty yeah. much, it's it's a four way coin flip at that point. But yeah. we're gonna stick with Southern PV at Alcorn in this scenario because who I'm not going through all the swack math to figure out who would win that mm -hmm. one. And obviously, fam, and obviously, fam, you with the win this weekend over Alabama A and M will host the swack championship. Solidified home field. Yep. Regardless, um, yep. so hey, Bragg is going to be. Listen, I, I don't. I know people listening are from FCS, from other swack teams potentially. I got some FAMU people listening. If you can be in Bragg on the first weekend of December, get to Bragg because it's going to be electric. Uh, it's gonna be. It's gonna be crazy. Uh, 
it's gonna be absolutely crazy. I, uh, I'm telling you, man. I, I can't hopefully wait. I'm part of the chaos. Hopefully, we're I, part of the chaos. Especially being a Florida boy, I know that'll be big for you to go win a I, win a SWAC championship in your home state, man. That'd be big, uh, big for me and and bad for my pockets. Uh, <laughs> after those little cop tickets, man, I, I'd be out, you know, buying a lot of tickets at that point. But you know, if, if that's the case, man. I'll buy it. Come on up. Whole Polk County, whole Hillsborough County. Come on, family. Let's do it. Coach, we do have, before we get into the games of the week, another ticket was punched this weekend. The first clinch ticket, the first auto bid secure for the FCS playoffs, Furman, clinched that against Chattanooga this weekend, 17-14 to 14 win. Coach, 15th SoCon title in school history, 12 consecutive conference wins now for the Paladins. Coach, they did this without Tyler Huff, left in the first half with a shoulder injury. They had enough to get it done, and they held the mock scoreless over the final nine minutes of the game. Coach, your thoughts on Furman clinching the first spot in the FCS playoffs this weekend? Congratulations to them um, as I'm trying to get back to my notes, and that was one of the things I wanted to ask you uh, because you've been well-rounded in this for a long time. Do you think the the psyche part of it for the other teams coming to play um when it gets tight like oh man here we go again we can't you know it's just what they do they just win this conference do you think that's become part of the uh thought process for those teams in that conference when it comes down to uh Furman? no because this is the first time in, in a little while they've won it because coach we talked in the preseason every year if you're voted favorite it's almost like a curse you said that at the beginning, yes. Yeah, it, it's almost a curse. And the fact that Furman was able to kind of overcome, uh, you know, overcome that, you know, that stigma almost to that. And, Coach, let's just be honest. They didn't just roll through the conference. They faced a, a tough Western Carolina team on the road. They had to go on the road at Chattanooga, win with a backup quarterback who hasn't played all year. They faced injuries. They faced you know, like some, so they had a tough, you know, FBS game in South Carolina came out of that pretty healthy. They struggled against some teams that I thought they were better than on paper, but yes. it's, it, it, the, I like what Timothy said, just scraped and clawed their way to a win at the end of the day. Yes. It's not always pretty. You don't have the South Dakota state. So not everyone can be South Dakota state and beat everyone by 14, 20, 30 in these top 10 matchups. Sometimes you just got to go out there and win. It might not be pretty, Furman, and this is why, Coach, I, I talked about this a little bit last week. This is why they're dangerous to me in the playoffs. One, they have physical on the lines of scrimmage. They have a downhill running back and experienced quarterback if he can be if he can get back healthy. This, this is a team that is not afraid to play and win an ugly game. And in the playoffs, there's a lot of those ugly games because of the weather, because it's late in the season, everyone's banged up. If you can specialize in winning when you don't play your best game and when it's an ugly, low-scoring game, you have the advantage, and that's why Firm is scary in the postseason. And their kids, uh, you know, are in the moment. And, you know, when you look back at the numbers, um, they were outgained by almost 100 yards. Uh, you know, they tied the turnover battle. Uh, time of possession wasn't in their favor. Everything about this should have went the other way. But you've got a program, I think, that, really believes in a program that was just kind of uh i won't say as con confident but not as confident as the people they were facing yeah and and i i, I like timothy's comment man going to montana or montana state in december is a death sentence 
if they can find a way to lock up the number two seed and be at home for a little bit, God, that, no, <laughs> and, and be at home until the end yeah. because they'll be the highest seed on that side of the bracket to stay alive. Everyone's yeah. got to, everyone's got to come to come to North Carolina or South Carolina. Then that's Which, huge because the Dakotas, um, I don't, I don't know who wants to go up there. Nobody uh, because with, North Dakota's real confidence. Because North Dakota State will host, will probably host a first round game because of the money, obviously. Then they got to hit the road. Then they got to hit the road. So there's no dome matchups, other right, than Idaho. Outside. Yeah, other than Idaho, you're going to be outside. If Montana's outside. South Dakota State's outside. Montana outside. State's outside. It's going to be an issue if you got to go to one of those places. So if Furman can get the two seed, that's huge. Because my worry is if they get stuck with the three or four. They got to go to Brookings. They got to go to Bozeman. They have to go to Missoula. It's a Set different a conversation. Yeah, yeah, it's a whole different conversation. But, Coach, shifting to the obvious game of the week, South Dakota State, five consecutive wins over North Dakota State, extends their 23-game winning streak, which is one of the longest in FCS history. 23. Man, just dominant again, Coach. I, I mean, I'm running out of adjectives, and I tweeted it out again. I said I've said it for three weeks. The gap between South Dakota State and the rest of the country just continues to grow. 33-16 win over the Bison. When the when this was probably the worst game I've seen South Dakota State play in the past five games, which is just insane to think about that you go knock off the number 11 team on the country playing C-plus football. Coach, your takeaways from South Dakota State's win over North, North Dakota State? Uh, like you said, it was an ugly win, and they, and they made it look easy. And when you go back and again, you go look at the numbers, they're balanced, man. Um, they're pretty balanced. So uh, I think we talked about it last week. What are you going to take away from them? And are you willing to stick with it? Because they've shown they can do it either way, through the air, on the ground. Uh, they won the turnover battle. It's just one of those things where this might have been the week that they were down to be caught. Now, what happens when they go back and look at this and they're not happy with their performance, they tighten things up during the week, heading into the playoffs. Uh, again, this is a scary situation because, again, you're looking at a balanced football team who's playing with a lot of confidence. Yeah. I, I mean, look, Gronowski was efficient. 12, what, 12 and 19 for 213, two touchdowns. Jaden Yonke had an outstanding game. I mean, that 46-yard touchdown really kind of broke the game open for them in the second quarter. Isaiah Davis, over 100 rushing yards again. But, Coach, I think the storyline was the defense. Three, three, three turnovers, including two interceptions in the second half that they were able to kind of take the momentum with. Jason Freeman had a ridiculous game, 12 tackles and interception. It was just another dominant performance. They held North Dakota State to seven points in the second half. And like you said, they're so balanced offensively in the way they attack. But I also think as a team, they're just so well balanced as a team. If the offense is kind of struggling, the defense is good enough to, to win up. the game for you. They can yep. win that. They, they can win that 10 to 6 game. They can win that 14-7 game. But also, if the defense allows some points, the offense is good enough to take advantage of that. And they can it. go put up 30 or 40 points. Yep, in, in a potential it. shootout. So that the fact that they can win games in so many different ways, and also special teams isn't an issue for them, really. They got good special teams. It's like when you're looking at this team, Coach, where's the weakness? I, I, I think it's probably pass rusher, 
But the problem is no one's been able to take advantage of that because their secondary is so good. I think what you have to do with them, and I touched on it last uh, show when we we're talking about the matchup, you've got to be able to get up on a man and and get up two scores and then try and control it because tip for tat, like you said, they can win a shootout. Uh, they get up on you a couple scores, they can squeeze you out. You know, it's one of those deals where you've got to figure out how to steal some points to get ahead, whether it be special teams-wise, uh, capitalize on the turnover, which they don't really do. Uh, just catch them down for a quarter. Get yourself some breathing room. Slow the game down and let the timing rules take over. But they're not turning it over. They're making you turn it over. Uh, and like you said, they're efficient on special teams. The quarterback is really efficient. He knows what to do when they have a lead. He knows what to do when they're behind. So, you know, again, complete team. But as we say, you know, any given day, somebody can be caught. I just don't know how they get caught. And it'll be interesting to see if they get caught, how they got caught. You know, Coach, we're sitting here now. South Dakota State has four ranked wins, two wins over top ten opponents. Right now, and and that in and, and two top five wins technically are those top ten wins because South Dakota and Montana State are both top five at the time. They have one of the strongest resumes and coach. They play Youngstown State next week, who's a top twenty team in the FCS on the road too. We're, you might end the season going into postseason play five ranked wins. You know, I don't. You look at a top ranked team who's undefeated, who's been tested like that. God, that this is is terrifying. The road means nothing to them. Um, no. You know, sometimes teams tend to, you know, spit and sputter on the road, but the road means nothing to them. Um, you know, so, again, you don't want to say a team's not beatable, but right now they are peaking at the right time. Coach, the, the fact I'm having to have this conversation is insane. But before we move on, North Dakota State sitting at 6-3. and three. Three and three in conference. And as Dave pointed out in the chat, this is the first time the Bison have lost to all three Dakota schools in the same year in over 20 years. That's crazy. <laughs> now, I, I want to point this out. Southern Illinois next week, top 15 team at home. And then they got to travel to Northern Iowa, who's also a top 20 team. If the Bison lose out, and they're sitting at six and five. They're obviously going to miss the playoff at six and five. Is it gone? No. And I know this is a what have you done for me lately business, but no, 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 no. Who are you going to get? I, I mean, right now, I think North Dakota State probably have their pick of whoever they want. I mean, that coach, I, can you name a I get better that part, but I get that part. You're right. They'll have 500 resumes within five minutes of posting that job. I get it. But who are you, if you don't stay in-house, who are you going to get that knows that program, uh, been a part of that program? Somebody that's been inside those walls have got to be able to step in and say, hey, nah, you know, we call a South Dakota State team who's just rolling at the time, rolling right now. Uh, and you have those those years, those peaks and valleys, man. They They haven't completely fell off even if they go six and five, they still are who they are as a program. Now, if he backs this thing up next year with the same thing, and I get it. But this year, I don't know. Cause last year, where were they? 
in the national championship. And I get it. It's a what have you done for me lately business. But, I mean, when you're removed from the national championship game and mm. people are saying it's time to go, man, it's – I think, man, you talked about it earlier off, off camera, man. This is a yeah. – uh, it's a crazy business, man. I mean, I'm with you. I can't like, – because there's real talk that if he loses those two games, they might make a move. Like that's the and and coach, I mean, and Dave put it in there because that was the name I was thinking too. And this is gonna sound crazy because you don't see this a lot. I think they would go get vegan for Montana State. Would he take it? He he was at NDSU. He has ties to the program. I, I, I mean, know, I don't know. But... If, I don't know. I mean, he just signed an extension, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know what his salary is, but I mean, they would have to beat the salary, obviously, but it's just but outside the box, though. Is that a lateral move? That would be my question. Right yeah, now, I, is that a lateral move? Because of what you're building, where you're at. That that's what I was thinking. I mean, now if they lock you know. into some crazy amount of years, I get it, you know, <laughs> but it can't be for a three with an option on four type thing. Because you got to think, okay, he's from North Dakota. Vegan is. He played at North Dakota State as a tight end in the nineties. He played. He was he was at tight end when I was born back in ninety six. Uh, was his junior year. He GA'd at North Dakota State. He was the tight end coach in 01, QB coach in 02, running back coach in 03, QB coach from 04 to 08, was the OC from 09 to 13 when they were winning those titles, coach. Went to Wyoming with Bowl when he left North Dakota State and was hired as from Wyoming to go to Montana State. So he was at North Dakota State, coach, from 1993 to 2013 and is from Buxton, North Dakota. I'm sure he's had enough of it, you know. I would, you would imagine, but also, you know, I don't know if anyone's asked him. I mean, that also could be his dream job. Yeah, that I get that. If that's the case, you know, I get that. But then I would also, like you said, lateral move. And then in my mind as a coach, like this guy that I'm coming in to replace was just in the national championship game. And now I'm sitting in his office. Yeah. Uh, if I stay, if I miss a beat two years in a row, what happens now? You know what I mean? But, you know, I'm sure that buyout would be something that, you know, hey, oh, you're going to give me this to walk away? Okay, cool. But, I mean, you know, you don't think about that in the moment, but that would be tough for me just from the outside looking in just because of what you got going where you are right now. Uh, I'm with you. I, I, but, I, and shout out to Timothy for looking it up. Ince is making up over 300K and vegans in the low 200s right now. Uh, so you're looking at maybe what a 100 to 150K increase per year? Plus, I would assume there's incentives built into that. What's the cost of living out there? <laughs> Not high, I would imagine. Dave, Dave, Dave lives in uh Dave lives up there um in the chat, man. So Dave, let me know. I mean, I wouldn't imagine I know the cost of living actually is probably kind of high in montana because i mean i mean listen they, there are some nice places in bozeman man when i went up there for the playoff game i was talking to some uber drivers and there's some really really expensive parts of the city to live in like shockingly so i don't know i don't know if, which city has the higher cost to live in but i would imagine it's not high in fargo north dakota no offense to those people but i <laughs> yeah, just no I can't offense. imagine i mean that i mean that's you're winning but you know at the end of the day uh you know, that, that, that plays a lot into it as well, I yeah. think. You know, when you're trying to think like an adult. 
but so, yeah anyway i mean so 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 dave in the chat who who is my guy up in fargo he said that vegan wanted the job after bowl left but they went with oh. climate instead oh, okay. and that's why he left with bowl to wyoming so he okay. did want the job initially they just passed him which could play into it because one it could be a job he wants or two he could say why would i take it when y'all didn't want me i'm just gonna beat y'all with the team i built now yeah I, you had a chance yeah. Blah, 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 blah. You got to put here. Here's my take, and we'll, we'll wrap it up here. Put a put a quiet feeler out to vegan. If he's interested, you consider making the move potentially. If things go way south, I don't think they'll lose both games, but it's a possibility because it's two good teams. If he says no, you you wait it out. You you have to at this point because I don't think if if you're not going to hire vegan, I'm thinking around the FCS. I don't think there's an immediate upgrade. Well, and you got to have somebody that's familiar with the area, man. It's like, you know, you can't go get somebody that's an assistant at Miami um, to come there. You know, I mean, he'd probably come, but you, you got to have somebody that's familiar with the area. I think somebody that's familiar with the conference to brand the ball because recruiting is going to play a lot into that as well. Uh, but, you know, hey, if the program wants to reach out to me, for me to reach out to him because I have no, you know, ties to it, I'll, I'll give him a call if y'all want me to. Just let me know. North Dakota State. <laughs> if y'all are watching. Um, Coach, man, our other game of the week, a top 10 matchup, it was never in doubt. Montana, 34 unanswered points in a blowout win over Sacramento State. Coach, um, I lost listen, this Mon yeah, Montana's <laughs> head coach became the Big Sky Conference's all-time winningest coach in, in Bobby Hall on Saturday night. It was the fifth consecutive win for the Grizz, second win over a top 10 opponent this year. Coach, is it just me, or can you believe – Like, it, it just blows my mind that this is the same team we were talking about being one of the most overrated teams in the country at the end of September. Man, uh, it, it's, it's funny, man, but I feel a connection to them because everybody was counting them out and, you know – uh, the same way with us. Yeah, I spit it back to us. The same way with us, you know, everybody was counting them out. Uh, and then they come out, be in a game that I went against them. I can I can admit it. Um, they run for three football fields. That's impressive. And then you have close to 600 yards in total offense. That's putting a statement out, man. That's saying, hey, you know, we, we, we're here and we're not here to play. And to think, like you said, a couple months ago, we all left this team for dead, man. You know, shout out to those kids. Those coaches kept fighting, got that thing turned around. So it'd be interesting to see this uh, this run that they make in the playoffs. You know, my, listen, Montana showed last night that if they can get good offense with how good their defense has been playing, they're going to be hard to beat. I, I, I know people are pissed because – I. I have them ranked second coach in my top 25 and people are still pissed. I don't have Furman at number two, man. When Montana plays a complete game, I don't know if there's a team behind them. That's going to beat them right this second. And I don't know how you feel coach. Cause people keep pointing to that loss against Northern Arizona in September as the reason you can't put them number two. To me, I feel like early in the season, I give teams not, I don't know if this is the right word, a mulligan almost because the team now is not the same team that lost Northern Arizona in September. So I can't say they can't be number two because they had one bad weekend no. 
at the end of September on the road. I think right now, the way this this team is playing at this current second on November 6, 5.39 p.m. Central Time, it's the, best, it's the second best team in the country right now. From September to now, man, teams make huge strides. And uh, some teams that we thought were really good in September aren't really good right now. So it's just a reverse. But, you know, this team, with that being their only loss, um, I think that, you know, you have it right. Uh, watching them versus my my guys up in Idaho, uh, I'm like, whoa, okay. And I said it last week, if this defense comes out and plays the way they play, that, you know, Sack would have a hard time and Sack would still win. No, I was wrong. This defense made me a believer that, uh, you know, when they come out and they play the way they played in the first half versus Idaho in this game right here, they're going to be a tough out, man. They're going to be a tough out. And yeah, Dow is playing really good. Oh, yeah. What uh, the offense put up 549 total yards this weekend, coach, against a good Sacramento State defense. Sack beat uh, a power five. Yeah. Stanford, yeah, 30 to 23. Beat a power five. So, I mean, <laughs> I mean, what, 218, two passing touchdowns and 83 rushing yards for McDowell, plus yep. that 97-yard touchdown to Keelan White was the longest touchdown pass in school history from the three-yard line, and they allowed 268 total yards and 3.9 yards per play. Coach, 11 of the 13 drives for Sacramento State went for 35 or less yards. Yeah, that's crazy. That, because I, I thought for sure they would be able to at least, you know, muster up something consistently on the ground maybe get in trouble every now and then when they got behind the chains and had to throw the ball but i just thought you know rush wise they would be able to do something and montana said nah that ain't happening that ain't it, happening it was a, it was a masterful performance man i'm interested to see how montana let's listen that montana montana state game is going to be insane the final week of the year man i cannot wait to see how those teams match up shout out to that kid k white man two catches uh, over 100, average 50 yards a catch. <laughs> I'll take that. That's big time. That's big I, time. I'll take it. Coach, the upset of the week. I, I'll be honest. Listen, I, I like to think I know football. There wasn't a single bit of me that saw this coming at all. Not even a little bit. Nickel State nah, stuns number eight incarnate word 45 to 32 and coach, I cannot believe I'm saying this because of the forfeit from Northwestern State. Nichols can actually clinch the Southland Championship in an auto bid to the playoffs with a win over Lamar next weekend, which no one saw coming. Um, and that forfeit is going to stand as far as a the win. Uh, I think some people had some questions about that uh, with another team. Would it, yeah. you know, count because it it kind of someone was saying that it it wasn't right that you know they got that yada yada yada. But you know, it it was. I mean, Nichols is four and four coach, but five and zero oh in conference now. So I mean, <laughs> I, I don't even know how that supposedly. I don't know why you wouldn't just add the win on the overall record, but apparently they can't. So they're four and four, Until but five week. and zero oh in conference. Yeah, to that week or whatever, uh, which makes no sense. I mean, everybody knows what's happening, but I mean, okay, cool. We'll wait it out. But, um, yeah, man, I did not see this coming, man. I did not see this one coming. No, I mean, they dominated them. I mean, Coach, like I'm looking here 
almost it 40 was, minutes of time of possession. Yeah, it was never even close. I mean, 330 rushing yards, four rushing touchdowns, Jalen Spears, career high 160, Colin Guggenheim, 153 and four rushing touchdowns this weekend. <laughs> And they were down 10 nothing in the first quarter, Coach, and they scored 24 unanswered points, forced three turnovers, including that game-clinching interception. I mean, I got to see Nichols in person this year, Coach. I got to see him play against Sac State. I didn't think they were a terrible team, but, man, like this is a whole – we saw a whole nother level, and I think a lot of those issues people were ignoring for Incarnate Work because they just kind of kept squeaking by, they came to bite them this weekend. and it, it showed that that team was not complete. There were some underlying flaws that just haven't been exposed yet. Uh, what's that running back for uh, Nichols' last name again? Guggenheim. Okay. Who'd you call to get the pronunciation on that one? Oh, no. I, <laughs> listen, I can pronounce that one. But, look, Coach, he wears number 19 and wears a neck roll for a running back. So, you know he's a bad dude. Uh, he, he, they just have RB, but we know it should be FB uh, yes. by his name. But, uh, you know, it kind of worried, like you said, man, the turnover bug. Um, and you know, you've got to muster up some type of running attack to, uh, take the pressure off of, you know, your QB and your O line up front. Um, you know, when you're talking about just sitting back, dropping it back 53 times, letting that thing go. Um, and that's not the strong part of your team up front protection wise, uh, which I don't think that's the strong point of their team, uh, not to be dropping back 53 times, um, and you're not moving the pocket, you're not moving the launching point. Uh, I think at times, you know, when those guys get tired, that's when those things happen and try to get those things out your hand. And, you know, you just get, I ain't got it no more, you know, just getting rid of the ball. But to give up almost 40 minutes of possession, um, I guess at that point, you really, you're, you're really putting yourself behind the eight ball, really putting yourself behind the eight ball. Yeah, I listen, I get it because it is more fun to watch on TV. This evolution of college football where people just like to throw it around the yard, the evolution of the spread offense. Everyone wants to be that high-flying, exciting team. I'm telling you from uh, – listen, coach played, I played, people on the chat have played football. There is, no, there is no better way to take the soul of your opponent than running for 300 yards and having the ball for 40 minutes. I mean, even if the team across from you is a better team, they're not going to be up for that game. Like mentally, that is one of the toughest things in college football is to watch someone do that to you because it is it. you feel horrible. Like you feel so helpless. It is get it is it is the Nothing equivalent of getting bullied. It, it's true bullying. It. Nothing you can do about it. And every time they run it, they're getting six yards. It's nothing you can do about it. You know, uh, that's tough. And then you know, playoff wise, man, you know. UIW has got to clean up the the penalty situation. Um, you know, those things come back to bite you, man. And and we had that same talk today uh, with our guys. When you're talking playoff football, man, 15 yarders, 10 yarders, uh, those things loom huge, even though you may not think they are, are, are that big in the moment. But, you know, you're talking about picking up a first down and you got a holding penalty and you went from a first down to now you're looking at third and 20. Um, you know, that's tough. But as you start playing better teams, those things really come back to bite you. And, you know, I'd say 12 for 118 plus the three turnovers, that didn't help the cause. Even though it was still a tight ball game, that didn't help you create space for yourself. And um, hats off to Nichols, man. 300 yeah. yards on the ground. That's, mm. that's big boy ball right there.
yeah, shout out to Spears and, and Guggenheim for their games, man. But Guggenheim, yeah, coach, I I, I don't uh, I, I'm interested in your opinion because you got a different perspective than me on this, especially with playoff seating rankings. Incarnate Word is one of the most interesting cases in the FCS right now. They're seven and two, one FCS loss, but they have zero ranked wins, only two wins over teams with winning records, and a subpar strength of schedule. Does this team have what it takes, even if they win out, to still make? Should they be an at-large bid team, and should they be a top twenty-five team right now? I'll tell you that they will. Um, they will get an at-large type thing uh, situation because I think the committee is going to look at the the fact that they are an exciting type of team. You know, as far as being able to put up points, um, and they would create some different matchups. But the thing about them that they may not want is getting that at-large man and having to go up uh, up to those places that we were just talking about. Yeah. And their style of ball and that weather in December don't really mix. If you're giving up 330 yards to Nichols, no offense to Nichols. None, no, oh, I know where you're oh, going. Oh, oh, my God. <laughs> Do, I, I don't want to see this team play Montana State, South Dakota State, or one of those teams. They're no. going to run for 500 yards if they want to. Oh, because they know you don't like it, and that's what they're going to do. You know, it, It's, 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 it's going to be bad. Man. It's yeah. tough. It is tough to go out there and tackle somebody consistently in the cold weather, man, and they're just coming at you. It's tough, man. Nobody really <laughs> wants to do it. I don't care what anybody says. Nobody really wants to do that. It's tough to tackle a guy named Guggenheim with a neck roll 23 times on a Saturday afternoon in the heat. And he just keeps coming. Yeah. I mean, he's built like a lot. Coach, I was taking pictures at the Nichols game, and I didn't. He, he updated his number. I want to say he had a different number, so I didn't know who he was at first. And so I looked at the roster. I thought he was a linebacker. The kid is built like a middle linebacker with the neck roll, and he's got like the eye black and everything. Like he he's out there looking like a middle linebacker playing running back. It's unbelievable. Man, but it, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but coach, man, real quick before we get into top twenty-five, the the oh, the CAA Chaos Athletic Association is what I'm calling it from now on. A five-way tie for first place right now, Coach. After Elo after Elon shocked Delaware 33-27 this weekend. I lost first that loss. One too. Yeah, first, <laughs> first loss for them. U Albany beat William and Mary. Villanova continued to roll over New Hampshire. And Richmond had a bye week still sitting there at five and one in conference. Coach, you have a five-way tie right now. How many seat, how many bids do you think this conference gets in the FCS playoffs this year? I would say Delaware and one more, man. But after that Delaware thing, man, I just, you know, I don't know now. Um, I would kind of, you know, I was kind of riding them and thought that that would be, you know, their automatic once they did what they had to do in, you know, that game. But now it's just, uh, are they lucky to get one? Well, no, I mean, I think uh, now they, I don't think they, they might get one seed. I think maybe yeah, one, one seed. seed. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. For bids, I think you're probably right now. I'm at three. I think Delaware gets in the uh, Delaware, Delaware gets in the playoffs. You Albany yeah. gets in the playoffs, and Villanova gets in the playoffs. So you think right now where you Albany is, they've done enough if they don't win uh, their next one of their next two. Well, the the thing that helps Albany coach, to be honest with you, 
is they play Stony Brook and Monmouth the final two weeks of the season. <laughs> I'm not counting the Stony, the Stony Brook. Nothing against them. Yeah, but... so I think they're going to win out. Uh, just because here's here's where you're looking at Villanova faces Delaware on the 18th. I'm pulling Villanova up right now. So one of them is yeah. one of them. One of them yeah. don't get in, right? Well, no, I think they both have a resume to get in because they're both sitting at seven and one in conference. As long as they win this upcoming weekend and they're at eight and one, I think they'll be okay. If you're only sitting at one law, two losses, FCS, I think th they both get in. The crucial one, though, is Richmond hosts Elon next week. So you think Villanova's good with Townsend? You think that's a lot? Yeah, I think they'll beat Townsend. Just, just okay. personally, I think they're going to beat Towson. So, I mean, let me pull up um, my uh, – listen, man, I got like a whole Excel sheet for playoff bids and stuff that I've been working <laughs> on in my top 25 ballot. So I got all the data we need on this one. So, because the reason I give Villanova and Delaware, they're both sitting at 7-1 and one right now in, in, the, in the FCS. Both of them have ranked wins on their resume, too. I think they both get in even depend if they both win this upcoming weekend, they go in eight and one in the FCS and one yeah, of them ends up matchup. possibly eight and two. Yeah. They'll be okay. I think they'll get in. Now the curious case is you Albany, I think is the only one that possibly gets a seed. And I'll tell you why they're seven and one right now, seven and three overall, two close FBS losses early in the season. And because of the Hawaii exception, they get to play 12 games this year as an FCS program. So they could be nine and one going into playoffs, 10 and or, or what, nine and three overall. And right now they have two ranked wins on their resume and a top 30 strength of schedule. And they got Stony Brook this week and Monmouth the next week. I think those two are wins. I think they could sneak into the eight seed. Oh. Depending on what happens with the MVFC Big Sky, of course, but that's the only team I think is competing for a seed. I think those three are locked for the playoffs. So the curious case is how the committee is going to judge Elon. So, Coach, I know you probably didn't hear about it yet. Sam Herner, Sam Herter interviewed the playoff committee chair just about some behind the scenes. They count top 25 wins as top 25 at the time. Oh. Which, in that case, Elon sitting at five and four. Not a great record, but now Elon has two top five wins on their resume. If they find a way to win out and go seven and four with two top five wins, they got to get in, don't they? I think I think they find a way to sneak in. They have to beat Richmond this weekend, though, and they have to win their final game, which is hang on, let me pull it up. I don't Hampton. know who they play. The, the is it? Oh yeah, they'll beat Hampton. So as long they beat Richmond this weekend, I think they I think they find a way to sneak in. And it's going to piss some people off because seven and four CA eight. Because I, I know I, I know you're not tied into the FCS gossip as much as I am. We're trying to get you there. People hate the CAA right now. They <laughs> they think the conference is overrated. They don't think the teams are very good. So the fact that a seven and four CAA team is going to find a way to sneak in is going to set off some some MVFC Big Sky fans in a bad way. But I think when you're looking at it objectively. Based on what the committee looks for, I think Elon finds a way to get in. Oh, Elon. Huh? Okay. Well, I guess we'll see because that, they have a they have a pretty good, you know, a pretty easy path, so to speak. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I'm I'm looking at Elon coach. So they're five and four. They got a loss to Wake Forest, which doesn't really count, obviously. 
the loss to Gardner Webb is improving every week as Gardner Webb has a chance to win the Big South now. They have a they have a loss to Central, North Carolina Central, who is a top 10 team right now. They have a loss to Villanova, who's a top 15 team right now, and they could get a ranked win over Richmond this weekend. I think that I know I hate this, and I really hate this because I get why people get aggravated. At the end of the day, it's going to come down to who has the best loss on the bubble. And they got some damn good losses, as crazy as it sounds. But I just, you know, I, I get it, and I get all upset when it comes to March Madness. When people start talking about, like me and you, uh, a couple of weeks ago, we we're talking about what's a good loss, what's a bad loss, you know that kind of thing. Uh, but when you say, you know, as a top twenty-five right now, you know, that 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 puts a lot of people in a bind, but it helps yeah. them in this situation, you know. Uh, yeah, that that's crazy, man. That's crazy. I, I can't believe I'm saying it, but I so I think if I had to say I, I think three teams in right this second, if Elon beats if Elon wins out, I think they sneak in for four. As where I'm kind of four. sitting with the CAA, but I think they have three four. guaranteed. Four. So you don't think any of the other conferences is gonna push the needle enough to where this bubble... So let's Okay, SoCon is gonna get Western Carolina. Is going to get Furman, obviously. And then it's going to come down to Chattanooga and Mercer. I think Mercer gets in if they can win out. But the problem is you have Chattanooga at seven and four as well, who plays Bama this weekend for that final game. So I'm putting them at seven and four, obviously, because they're not going to beat Alabama. And Chattanooga right now has a loss to North Alabama. Not a good not loss. Good. Yeah, they got good. they got a ranked win over Sanford. They got the head-to-head over Mercer, but that's it. I, I think that North Alabama loss is going to hurt them. Yeah, because that's that that didn't age well at all. No, uh, I know it's loss. a week one loss, but you can't lose that game if you're if you're going to be on the bubble. Yeah, that's just uh, just don't I, work for you. Mercer, I think, will still find a way to get in. I think. Who do they play the final uh, two? I think they play Sanford this weekend for their final game. They beat Sanford. They should be in, um, in my opinion. Let me pull up uh, their schedule. They're sitting at seven and three. If they get to eight and three with a win over Sanford, they're going to be fine. They One of their losses is to Ole Miss. They have a loss to Furman, a loss to Chattanooga. They got that win over Western Carolina. I think they have enough to get in at eight and three. What about the Pioneer League? And I know we're They're only going to get one bid. They're only going to get one bid. The 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 uh, auto bid they ain't going to sneak anyone in. MVFC is interesting, coach, because you got South Dakota State is going to get him, and I think they're going to clinch the auto bid. You have South Dakota, who's probably who's I think is a lock right now. Then you have Southern Illinois, Northern Iowa, Youngstown State, and North Dakota State, and North Dakota. That's seven teams that are still in contention for the MVFC. I think it's going to come down to what happens over the next few weeks with that one. I think South Dakota State, South Dakota are locks right now. Southern Illinois, I, I, I'm going to put in right now. They're interesting because if they if they went out, where do you where, where do you see them falling? They'll 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 be in a large bid. Um, I think the seeds right now, Coach. You got South Dakota, Montana. Idaho, Montana State, Furman, 
South Dakota at U Albany might sneak into one. And then what you got one more you want to throw in there because you don't have Central there. Uh, who are they going to give it to? Maybe. Okay. I've heard Austin P thrown around a lot because Austin P could finish nine and two. Mm. Mm. So possibly they'll. So there's, yeah. there, there's a race for that. And I think you po- possibly, if like Youngstown or you and I went out, like if Youngstown upset South Dakota State, they might be in the conversation. So, and then we, you know, when you go back, I, and, and I'm looking at the, uh, the Salukis here. If the Salukis win their next two, right? Uh, They're a seed locked up. Okay. Not even a conversation. If, okay. if 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 Southern Illinois wins out, they're a lock for a seed. I think they'll probably still be in contention anyway, but um, we'll, we'll have to see for them. Because I think, yeah, because I think with Sac State's loss this weekend, I don't think you can give them a seed, which is why I think that I think it'll be South Dakota State, Montana State, Idaho, Furman, Montana, probably Southern Illinois, and then you throw in U Albany in there. I don't think anyone else would be. I'm not giving North Dakota State a seed. So I think you could possibly throw in another uh in VFC team. I don't see I don't see a SOCON team other than Furman getting it. I don't I listen, if they they're already gonna riot if they let Elon in the playoffs. If they give another if they give two CAA team seeds, Jesus Christ, FCS Twitter is gonna burn down. <laughs> I'm telling you, listen, we'll have to do a whole bracketology show because we could go on for days about this. But, Coach, shifting over real quick, your wide receiver of the week, man, there were some really, really good options, man. But who who did you go with for week 10? Oh, man. Uh, it's funny you were just talking about the team, man. Cam Thomas there, uh, Austin P uh, had himself a day, man, 10 for 204. Uh, two touchdowns, long of 54 yards. Uh, they pull off a win that they needed to stay alive in your bracketology uh, mm-hmm. conversation. Uh, you know, averaging 20 yards a catch. Anytime in college football you can go for 200 yards uh, receiving, man, you're doing something. So Cam Thomas, man, fly zone. Keep making this scary hour, brother. Way to go. Congratulations. Uh- out of Birmingham, redshirt sophomore too, because we've had some underclassmen out here, which is scary. Yeah, I, I like it. I, I like when the underclassmen show up. But man, shout out to Cam. We'll get the graphic. We'll get we'll get in touch with you to get you those gloves. But coach, man, wrapping it up here. Biggest winners, biggest losers of the week, man. We'll start with the winners. Give me your biggest winners of week ten. Man, look here. <laughs> I don't even. I don't even know why you asked, but I mean, since you asked. I'm going to just go ahead and say, man, uh, my biggest winner, man, is Alcorn State. Uh, you know, yeah. not just uh, winning, but, uh, you know, our kids played extremely hard, uh, sent a message from the beginning. They really, really locked in and, and stayed focused in the moment, man. Uh, biggest winner, you know, down our way is us. I think uh, overall, FCS, man. Got to give a shout out to my guys up in Idaho. Uh, they went on the road, I think, and it was a must win type situation. Um, they did their thing. Uh, so, Alcorn and Idaho, uh, my biggest winners. Mm. Uh, biggest loser, I got a couple. Uh, 
Incarnate Word, because we talked about that. Um, Grambling, because they had a chance to still be in and control their own situation, you know, down our way. Um, I think that's a uh, one that they'll look back and say got away from them. And uh, and we'll keep it, you know, here. Uh, Miak, you got to say Howard, man. Uh, Howard talked all summer uh, about how they were going to match uh, NCCU. And, you know, it wasn't going to be a tie this year. They were going to take it out right. And mm-hmm. then you go and get bullied up at South Carolina State, uh, 27-24, and give up a South Carolina State offense that we all seen a few weeks, a few times. You give up fifth, almost 500 yards to them. And out of the 500, B, here's a stat for you. Only 19 of those were passing. Yeah. You you can't make that make sense, Howard. You can't make that make sense to me, man. Oh, God. You know what the crazy part is? The leading running back, true freshman. Man. Look a, here. True, a true freshman. I mean, uh, like, hang on. Let me pull it up real quick. Let me make sure I get his name right. Jawarn Howell, 283, three touchdowns as a true freshman. Average average almost 11 yards per carry this weekend. Just turn around and hand it to him, man. And they threw for 19 yards. Coach, they went three for 11 for 19 yards and two picks. (laughs) I didn't know about the picks, but they they threw for 19 yards, man. At some point, man, Howard. You just got to get the refs to throw the penalty, man. Put 12 people in the box. Do something. You can't just let them run the ball like that. 27 times, one guy? You just can't let that happen, man. That makes that me, that stat line makes me want to throw up. Three 19, for 11 with two picks. 19 yards. Oh, and they God. won. <laughs> hey, shout out to Buddy Pugh. I'll make him an honorary winner for me. Shout out to Buddy. Got to get one of those wins. Had to ruin someone's season because why not? I think – Furman, winner, man. Anytime you can clinch an auto bid, clinch another conference championship. Of course, them all corn state Braves, you know, taking control of the SWAC West this year. And then I got to give it to Montana, man. Another top 10 win, a dominant win. And Nickel State, of course. I mean, Jesus, man. Shout out to them. A huge, huge win all, uh, during that game. Biggest losers, Tennessee State. God, I want to throw up man. saying that. Coach, Man. with with Simo, Simo gets upset by Robert Morris this weekend. Tennessee State had a chance to be in a four-way tie for first, chance to win the Big South OVC, tw- a 14-point loss to Charleston Southern. Yeah, man. And we were just saying how they were uh, up and coming, in control of it, the whole nine. And you, it just all comes crashing, burning, man. But, you know, we always say, man, any given Saturday – but if you say you are who you are, you, you got to guard against that man and you got to grind those wins out. You got to find a, a way. As an offensive coach, this is going to make you this is going to make you upset today. I wanted to make you upset. It can't be worse than 3 for whatever. Oh, oh just wait. Yards. This is the entire it's, offense. This is the entire offense. Charleston Southern scored 35 points. Had seven total first downs. 108 <laughs> yards rushing. 84 yards passing, nine for 19 with a with, with an interception, and only had 192 yards of total offense and eight punts. 
three for 13 on third down, but scored 35 points. That's that's about <laughs> that's about as bad as it can get, man. Can you imagine that bus ride home looking at that stat sheet? Oh, as a defensive coach, you probably are like, "How did we lose this game?" As an offensive coach, you had to ride. You had to ride a different bus home. Uh, <laughs> you could you could ride home with the defense. No, like, man. <laughs> that's a tough I, meeting room the next day, man. That's a oh, tough meeting room the next day. I, so they're out of the playoff race. It it just makes me so mad. Um, another <laughs> someone said in the chat, "How's that even possible?" I still don't know. Um. <laughs> How is biggest, three of eleven for nineteen yards and two picks in a win? How's that possible? I, I, I really, I really don't know. I think another biggest loser incarnate word, obviously. Uh, I mean, I, I, I don't know what, I don't, I don't know where you go from here. And then I think it's a combination, like you said, Southern Grambling. I mean, it, one, the way Southern loss is not. I mean, at least be competitive in the loss. It was never even competitive at some points. And then Grambling. All the hype at one point, coach, going into the game against you guys, everyone was handing them the West. Everyone was handing Miles Crawley Swack Offensive Player of the Year, and it is just consistently trended down for them. And they're struggling offensively now. The defense was never good enough to hang in, and so it's kind of unraveling for Hugh Jackson and those guys. And and then another one, man, Texas Southern. God, man, I've not seen a team lose more games that they played better than their opponent in, in a season. Let's just I, hope I, it happens one more time. That's what I'm saying, man. It's just, <laughs> I, I got to wonder where, where the focus is in that locker room. I, I think after, not this past Saturday, but the the Saturday before versus Southern, um, I don't know how they became, you know, got back up and was competitive in this game. So, you know, again, hats off to those kids and that staff for getting ready because after losing that Southern game the way they did, uh, I did not see this outcome. And then to go back and look at it and then look at the stat line, it's just like, what am I missing? You know, what am I missing? But let's just hope it continues uh, one more week and uh, then we'll start rooting for them again, man. Then the final biggest, lo- the final two biggest losers, the coaches poll because Incarnate were still top ten, unbelievable, uh, un- un- unbelievable, and then Youngstown State's not even ranked; they're tenth in my poll, unbelievable. And then you gave my boys Western Carolina all that flack at the beginning, and and this is where we are right now. I'm I, I, I just don't know what we're doing, coaches poll, and then the SWAC press conference is my, is my final biggest loser. Coach, did you get to listen today? I didn't get to listen today, man. We've been oh. moving around trying to get things done. Oh man, what we got to do better. It, in, man. We got to do better. The final question of the day to TC Taylor was: Have you talked to GJ Kenny about? Have you gotten advice from him on recruiting? <laughs> what? And and TC said, "Can you repeat? The, like, well, can you repeat the question?" And he was like. And then this, he proceeds to say, have you talked to the Texas state head coach because of how big their offensive line is, how talented they are, how we had to flip a roster similar to you. Did you, did you talk to him at all about recruiting advice? <laughs> did he know that TC and those guys had like the number one or number two recruiting class last year? And um, <laughs> and like you could just tell, like, hey, just caught it, it just caught me off guard. But I was sitting there listening to the end because I wasn't able to go today because I have something in the mornings now on Mondays. And I was like, what are we doing? Like, hey, coach, 
I, like, I understand, like, kind of the – I get where he was going. You just got to word it better because it was like, did y'all meet at midfield? It was like, bro, I appreciate you putting what 77 you on us. Can you send me some of the players? Yeah, what you doing? Talk to me. And especially because I don't think people realize how many recruiting battles you guys are in with some of those group of five schools. Oh, man. Every day. I mean, um, you know, even with the junior college kids, uh, you offer – they put it out on Twitter and then 10 minutes later, they've got an offer from, from South Florida. They got an offer from, you know, someone at that, that conference kind of thing. And it's just a, uh, it's, it's a double edge for us because we've got a recruit to come in and then we've got a recruit to stay. Uh, so it's a, uh, it's a never ending deal for real, for real. And shout out to merch pack. He said, we got, uh, he said he's got merch for both of us. Um, if we come to tally, so, man, listen, guys, I already, I already said, especially if Allcorn's there, I'm be, I'm going to be in tally. And and uh, listen, me and Coach Fred are coming, and we're going to do a live show, especially hey, after the win. This. Pin this, because we want to make sure we remember. Yes. I would know. I, I know my guy merch pack is, is good. Um, Wait a minute. What What is it, though? What What, what is it? Because I can't rock what you got on. Well, no, he he makes he makes all he makes different merch, so he'll oh, he'll, he'll probably right. get you some all corn stuff. I know you can't, oh, yeah. yeah. Coach can't be on the sideline wearing the fake hoodie. Oh man, oh man, real quick, man. Uh, shout out to Mr. Dwayne. Do you think if FAMU is not going to Celebration Bowl, they make the playoffs? Yes, they would. A ten and one SWAC team is definitely. I mean, they they're what tenth in the coaches poll. So you think? Uh... Some team gets the SWAC championship game, wins. Um, you think St- FAM gets the nod to get in? No, playoffs start the same weekend as the uh, well, championship. I mean, yeah, so, I mean, that wouldn't be possible. But if it was a situation of where – If it was were... a situation where they could, yes. Okay. Yeah, but sadly, that's not how it works. I, I it, It's uh, – okay, he, he said just some black college football gear. So, we'll t- we'll definitely take that. We'll rock it. But yeah, you listen, guys. I'm gonna talk to my guy. We'll see. Well, I might not talk to Josh. Well, I have to find if if all core wins, we can't ask Josh because that's the family you boss my guy family. You're probably gonna help as much if, if all core wins. But me and coach will do something after the game for sure after the SWAT championship down in Tallahassee. But um guys, that's a wrap on the show, man. Listen, hit the like button, subscribe, check out the website si.com FCS. Congrats to my guy, Coach Fred. Big win. I'm hoping. Hoping Monday, after after a big win on Sunday, I'm hoping he gets to rock the conference the the division championship hat on the show. I I, I'm gonna have to get me one to rock on the show as well, man. So we'll have to get we'll have to get that hooked up before the show. But guys, Coach Fred, myself for the Blue Bloods for FCS Football Central, we are out for right now.